0: Hello and welcome. Pastor Deborah here and welcome to another teaching. A very important story about me, Pastor Deborah. The reason I keep telling you all my stories is because they were powerful. Remember, I was going from being a licensed clinical mental health counselor trying to help you with your issues and problems to helping you the Lord's way. When I began, after I put my license down, I had no idea who you were, where you were, how to help you the Lord's way. So God was gracious to me and to you. He began teaching me, leading me through experience Experiences And this story we've been working on here in the School of Light, an educational series from the Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 1. This story is called So Many Hands. Just so many hands. This is actually part two of that story. And this is lesson number eight. And I want to ask your forgiveness. As you you may not know, or if you do, please forgive me. I don't use a green screen, so I may be fuzzy. Things may happen around my hair. I may reach my hand out to point to something, and it disappear into the video. It's because there's no green screen. I've used big ones, professional ones, ones attached to a chair. Nothing works for me. I have to record one or two a day and share a living room with other things, desks, chairs, and teddy bears. Yes, right now when I'm recording, husband is outside checking a generator. We're getting ready to go into the hurricane season here in just a week or so. So he always checks our generators. We've had to use them many times when our electricity goes out. So he's outside doing that. And dog is sleeping, I hope. We had a rough afternoon yesterday, thunderstorms. It just panics our little dog, Bailey. I am physically sitting in my living room. But we're really spiritually in the Garden of Eden. Oh, this video that you see is not the garden. It is here, sort of like on a chalkboard. It's sort of a movie that I'm allowed to show you. While I'm teaching you in the garden, this is for your forever spirit to see and visualize things you may not see. It helps you when I'm teaching you about Pastor Deborah's experiences. Remember, I was a licensed clinical mental health counselor trying to help you every way that the world's way had taught me through medicine, psychiatry, psychological testing, therapy. Some people learned how to do hypnosis, biofeedback, acupuncture, other ways. Sometimes they do all sorts of things that they would call alternative medicine. I didn't learn that. I didn't even learn how to hypnotize you. Somehow I knew that was wrong. But God was gracious to me and to you, even though if you don't know it. And he taught me his way, the spiritual way from him I had to see a lot know a lot come to be comfortable with have strong foundations in I had to know who you were and where were you I didn't know so this story so many hands just so many hands came early in my training and teaching to help you the Lord's way so let's begin by welcoming everybody in the garden. Yes, even from any other planet, from any other galaxy or star system. You know, they just now are talking again about UFOs that pilots have seen in the skies. Yes, there are other creatures out in the far distances of the galaxies. When we look through our Hubble telescope or the now the new James Webb telescope. We can see back billions and billions of light years. We can see far away and we recognize there's other star systems. I think there's a, some kind of rover on the Mars right now trying to look for life. They have discovered that there used to be water on Mars. So don't think there aren't other creatures. You might call them aliens. But there are. They're just alien to you, but not to God. He's out in the whole galaxies, the star systems. He created them all. And what the scientists call the Big Bang. It's just when he breathed out. And it's still going, expanding. Our telescopes are trying to go back. To the very beginning. I don't think they'll find it. Because what we see through our telescopes. Is the natural world. Not the spiritual. But the natural world is a shadow. Sort of a reflection. Of the real world. The eternal world. The realm of the spirit. And that's where we are right now. Your physical body may be somewhere else on another planet. Might be sleeping. Could be dying. Could be in a hospital, could be in the womb, don't know, but you're on your planet physically if your body is still working. That's right. You have not yet ascended or descended. Your forever person has not left its body yet. We hear about that happening when people do die on an operating table. They call it near-death experiences. They discover there's another part of them. Yeah, there's several wonderful movies that you could watch about that. One is called Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Uh-huh. Then we just saw another one by Marvel called Doctor Strange. And we see when Doctor Strange's physical body's in the operating room and his friend is working on his physical body, his spirit's fighting another spirit. Scaring her for sure. But there's movies because people are believing there's two realms. In Doctor Strange, you see his physical body sleeping, but his spirit is up studying spiritual things. So don't you ever not believe in the realm of the spirit. This video, as I said, is from Pixabay. It's going to help us tell this story, give you a visual of what it looked like. When I saw it in the real spiritual world. Mm -hmm. So we're also filming through Zoom Pro. So you'll be encouraged. If I am fuzzy and you can't read the words, just close your eyes and listen. You'll hear and you will see. All right. Let's get started with this part two of the story. So many hands. Just so many hands. First, we're going to open up with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for you being here and allowing this video here in the garden to help teach a powerful lesson about them and you, about helping people the Lord's way, the way of the spiritual realm. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit, our teacher, who's with us. To help us spiritually perceive, understand your words. Thank you, Father, for your great love of all of us. No matter where we are or what condition we are in. Thank you for sending out your words of Isaiah 61 and 62. To help us come home to the everlasting covenant. Back into the family of God. Back. As your child in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for teaching us. And allowing this video into the garden. So that all living creatures can learn about you. And God be loved. In the name of Christ Jesus your son. The living word who sits on your right hand. And has a crown above your head. The word of God itself. In his name Christ Jesus, the King, the Messiah, our brethren. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to pick up where we left off. We had just finished talking about that God had always helped me in strange ways. He gave me a vision. Have you ever had one? What is that, you ask? That might be like you're walking into a store, and you just see everything in the natural. And all of a sudden, the natural disappears and you see something else and you are in something else. That's a vision. You can also have them when you're sleeping. They might be called dreams. This was what you call an open vision. It was real and God had to help me so I could help you. I didn't know where you were. I didn't know who you were. Who is he talking about helping people? And so this vision came. It still comes sometimes, not as often, because once you get your lesson learned from a vision, you don't need to see it again. You might have to study out the different parts of the vision, which I did through scripture. But this vision was always one of light and dark. And as you can see, this video from Pixabay is going to help us. You see way up here? That's where Pastor Deborah always walks, on a white, narrow, with a light, with a cross in the light, very narrow. And this vision was one of dark. There was a road, flames, hands, and you'll hear. I am always walking on a lighted, narrow path, a very small, narrow path. There is only darkness below. When you see the white lines sometimes, or just a white <clears throat> something that's very narrow, envision yourself walking on that. It's small, it's narrow, not very wide. In the darkness <clears throat> below, as you can see here, I always see hands. And arms. If you look carefully. You might be able to see them. Reaching up. And I always hear. The silent. Cries. Of hearts and minds. Of those hands. And this is what they would be saying. I could hear them. Crying. And I knew they had been crying out. For such a long time. And here's what I heard. I am here. I am real. I am alive. Please find me. I want out. Please someone help me. I'm down here. I'm afraid. I'm alone. And lonely. I could hear that. The screaming from their hearts and minds, as their hands were reaching up. I hurt, and I am in pain. Can't you see me? Can't you hear me? I'm here. I am alive. Please, please help me. Did they know I was up here? Could they see this? Probably not. They're down here in the flames and the smoke and the fire. No way out. I cry every time that this spiritual vision would come to me. I may be walking into Walmart to go shopping. I might be in my yard cutting the grass. I might be in my living room. I might be sleeping and it's a dream. It could come whenever God desired it. He had to have me see you, know where you were located. He had to help me to hear your cries, your silent cries for help. And I was beginning to see and hear you. The spiritually least of Christ Jesus' brethren, which we talked about. In the scriptures, in the previous story, in part. And you, my spiritual brethren, in this, in this dark spiritual place, the kingdom of darkness. I was beginning to hear you, Christ Jesus' brethren, that I had just read about, who had not been attended to, who were sick and frightened, who wore shame we were living in darkness and ignorance in satan's kingdom i always see so many hands just so many hands and arms reaching up i could never see your face just the hands your silent cries Of your heart and mind. Were so strong. And loud and never ending. The pain. That was in your cries. Was so horrible to me. The fear of death was so strong and powerful. And I could smell. Satan's breath. Of sulfur and burning. And it was so foul and full of dark flames of fire that were always burning. I would begin crying when I heard your voice reaching through the flames. I could feel Satan's dark fire. As he spiritually tightened his spiritual grip of slavery and darkness on you. I could see hands being pulled back down by demonic claws. This vision allowed my spirit to see, my ears to hear. My nose could smell. I could taste the evil wickedness you were living in. It was real. All my spiritual senses had come alive. The spiritual vision always faded away when I would break down and cry to the Lord Most High for you and plead with him to help you because I knew that you were precious to him. But each and every time I did that, he would say to me, I'm sending you in my name, you in my nature, you in my authority and power of my agape love. And I would say, no, no, sir, no, I don't know where to go. I don't have any of that. You go, you do something. Send somebody else. I knew I wasn't qualified. I had no knowledge of this. I don't know. What do you mean you're sending me? Down here? I don't know where down here is. Who are these people? Where are they? You do something. God, you go. You seem to know so much. You know where they are. No, I'm sending you. No matter where I went or even now as I go. In a parking lot, in my car, in my house or at a church service. I would see the spiritual vision openly. I'd start crying during praise and worship for you. I begged God to reach out to you. I could see your hands. And hear your silent cries. But silent cries were overwhelming to me. And there was just so many hands. But before I could be sent. By the Heavenly Father, on his behalf, he asked me a question. How much was the salvation of one of you, a Satanist, one who served Satan, was in his service, a captive in the darkness, worth to me? Huh? Why is he asking me that? I don't know you. I don't know where you are, who you are. The Lord God went on and asked me how important it was for me to please him. Have you ever been asked those questions? I have. How much is the salvation of another worth to you? Your life, your family, your business? How much is it worth? He asked me, what I allow? my one and only biological child, my firstborn son, to be sacrificed alive by being skinned alive in front of me in a satanic meeting to save just one of you, just one satanist, one witch, one unbeliever. Were you worth that much? Would I allow myself, he asked, to be crucified alive as his son was on a cross during a satanic meeting to save just one there at the meeting and bring them into the agape love of God. Have you ever been asked those kind of questions? How much do you love another? How much do you love a murderer, a child, abuser, a warmonger, an unbeliever, a wicked, wicked person? How much do you love them? How much is their salvation worth to you? I was asked that. And I haven't even been sent yet. Well, I I was presented with an Abraham and Isaac spiritual experience. Oh, you don't know about that? Well, let me tell you. Abraham was an Old Testament father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He had been called out of his country, away from his family, to follow this voice of the God. He was told he'd have a son. He tried it with his maid. Yeah. And he got one named Ishmael. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the, the promised child. The one he was to have with his wife, Sarah. When that one eventually came, long years of silence from God. Because when you disobey God and you kind of take things into your own hands, God don't talk until later on. So when Abraham was about 99 years old, unable really biologically to produce children and his wife, Sarah, womb was dead. And Aaron no children for sure God showed up to show that out of nothing can come life what you think is impossible is possible with God that'll teach you not to believe him so out came Isaac the promised child out of a dead womb of Sarah out of a dead man Abraham he couldn't have any more children they were both withered up and die, and dying. They were elderly, maybe 99, unable to have children. But they did by the power of God. And that was the chosen child, Isaac. Well, Abraham asked God. Abraham was asked of God to take his promised son, Isaac, who would inherit Abraham's wealth and riches. To the place God would show him and to sacrifice him to the Lord Almighty. Now, throughout history, many parents do this to prove their obedience to a God. Children are sacrificed. Mm -hmm. But God didn't ask, but one, Abraham. As Abraham was, I was faced with obedience to the Lord God Almighty or my only son's earthly life. That's what I thought. But God had other plans. Could I bring down the knife like Abraham did to slay and kill his own son, Isaac? Could I do that to my own biological son? And I'm sure you're thinking I'm going to kill my son physically. So did I at the time. But I was involved in a spiritual situation. So this wasn't a physical one nor a biological one. Would I willfully and freely and with agape love obey the voice of the Lord God and sacrifice my only biological son? To him, to find you, to reach you, and to help you. His way, the Lord's way. In order that I would demonstrate my love and obedience to him, the Lord God Almighty. Above all that I loved. I couldn't have any more children. I had some biological issues. I had one. And I could have no more. Even above the love of my earthly son's life. Everything is orchestrated by God. The family you're born into. Children you have. Remember, I wanted to help you. The Lord's way. So here I was beginning. Would I choose, he asked me. To prove my words of loving God Almighty more than anyone else. Have you ever been asked that? Did I really love the Lord Almighty as much as I said I did? Did I love you, the precious human spirits in the darkness of Satan's kingdom as much as I said I did did I really mean and what you helped did I freely choose to do the will of the king of the universe my heavenly father on earth I learned later in study his son did. God needed a sacrifice, a lamb, a willing victim, a willing one to go to a cross in the fullness of time. His son said, send me, I will go. And in the fullness of time, it happened. I was getting asked the same question. Would I freely choose to do the will Of the king of the universe. For you. Did I truly want. Satan's spiritual. Mental. Physical prisoners. Set free. Christ Jesus was asked this. Even before. The earth was created. God sat down with him. And told him. What was going to happen. And he would need a lamb, an innocent sacrifice, a child to die for others, to pay the price, to set them free. I was asked would I go myself the distance to a cross and die as Christ Jesus did. For the love of the heavenly father and for the love of you, lost spiritual ones, children in the kingdom of darkness to accomplish the purposes of the heart and desires and prophetic words of God, the most high. Would I go? Would I give all I had and loved? To bring God the most high and his agape love to just one of you in the spiritual darkness. Each of us who desire to do God's work, his way, will be challenged with this. Some will go knowing they're going to die. And they go. Some go because they love you and love him. Would I value and desire the almighty God's desires for spiritual children more than my own desires? He knew where you were. I didn't. I had been saved. And in his family since I was three, I was a baby and I needed to be revived. And that happened during the Brownsville revival between 1995 and 2000, when God's glory and touch touched me spiritually, woke me up, helped me get sin out, cleansed me, purified me, got me ready, put me in school so I could be about his work, his way. And what do you think my answer was? And what would your answer be? If you were asked these questions. Yes, yes. I would take my only biological son to the mountaintop and raise the knife to sacrifice him as a love offering to my king. And the most high God. Yes. I would raise the knife myself. As Abraham did. And bring it down. The story with Abraham. He was in the process. The knife was coming down. And he was stopped. By an angel. He had to go the distance. In his heart. And kill Isaac. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. God was also testing himself. Could he allow his promised son, Christ Jesus, to go to a cross and to go even into hell itself to reach you? I've been here. That's another story called 72 Virgins. I went here and took a young man with me to find his brother. You'll hear about that in 72 Virgins. Yes, yes, in my heart and mind, I brought the knife down to slay my only biological son in my soul, in my mind, in my heart, and in my spirit. Oh, I didn't kill him physically. This was all a spiritual work, a soulish work. I was destroying my own son within myself. How old was my son? He was about eight. And since that day, I've never had the love for him. I cared for him. I took care of him. I trained him, educated him. Still in his life today, but it's not the same. So in my heart and mind and my spirit, I brought the knife down on my only son. Yes, Lord. In my heart and mind, I went the distance just as Abraham did physically long ago and I want to read that story to you out of the scriptures Genesis 22 1 through 18 out of the authorized King James version verse 1 and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt he tested that's what was happening with me I was being tested. You will be tested also. If you say you want to help people. The Lord's way. That Abraham. Was being tested. That God said unto him. Abraham. And Abraham answered. Behold Lord. Here I am. Verse 2. And he God said to Abraham. Take now your son. Your only son. Isaac, whom you love, and get you into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. Huh? We learned later that that mount was Jerusalem, the high temple. Mm-hmm. But at that time, Jerusalem was not built. So God will lead you where you don't even know you're going. He has a purpose for everything. And I just go, what are you talking about? And Abraham was the same way. He loved Isaac. was his promised child. The only one of his body and of his wife, Sarah. Promised by God to be his inheritor. Now you want me to go and kill him? But Abraham was under a test of his love and obedience to this God who had drawn him out from his land and worshiping of the moon gods and leaving his family. Mm -hmm. What? No way am I going to do that. Verse 3. And Abraham rose up early. Can you imagine what that night was like? In the morning and saddled his donkeys, his ass, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and carried the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Have you ever just followed God to go here, turn there, speak to that person. Don't go there. Go this way. No, you can't go there anymore. That's God leading, if you're listening. Verse number four. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. Verse five. And Abraham said unto his young men, you guys stay here. Abide with the donkeys, the asses. And I and the lad, Isaac, we will go over there yonder. And worship and sacrifice with a burnt offering to the Lord. Now, Abraham knew what he was going to do. Isaac didn't. This was sad to Abraham. I'm sure he was dragging his feet. But it was pleasing to God. He's watching. He's not speaking to Abraham. Abraham. When you're in a test like this, he's watching, listening to your heart, your thoughts. But he's not talking. And then we'll come again to you. Verse six. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it and put it upon Isaac, his son, to carry. That was a symbol. Of Christ carrying the cross himself. An Old Testament prophet symbol. Of the cross and Christ Jesus. Thousands of years later to come. And he took the fire in his hand. And a knife. And they went. Both of them together. Just as the heavenly father. Went with Christ Jesus. To the cross himself. Christ Jesus the father was in Christ getting whipped carrying the cross up to the hill of Golgotha. Verse 7 And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said My father and Abraham said Here am I my son and Isaac said Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now comes Abraham's answer. Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. What did Abraham mean by that? That God had provided Isaac as the lamb? Yes. Did it mean that Abraham was hoping a lamb would show up and replace Isaac on the altar? Probably. But a father was speaking to his son. Verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him Abraham about. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now this is taken into Satanism and witchcraft. Where a young child is placed on an altar and burnt alive. To prove the love of the father to Satan. It just happened last weekend. It will happen almost every week. Satan is always seeking the love, but not really the love. The only way you could show your love to Satan. Was by obedience to killing one of your own children. I have many stories about that. Yes, I know what goes on. Yes, you sacrifice your grandchildren, your children. I have a story about that. Where a great ancestor swore a vow and an oath. That Satan could have their fourth generational firstborn child. That was my brother. And they got him. He became mentally ill. Caused horrible havoc in the family. Yes, our ancestors promise us. They make vows and oaths. I know of a former president of a country. That vowed his grandchildren to Satan. For power and protection from the law. We humans do that all the time. We don't want to suffer it. So we will sell our children. Sacrifice them. Trafficking them, bow an oath and give them to Satan to save us. Because we're trying to prove to Satan. Just like Abraham was trying to prove to God, I love you and I will obey you. I had to learn that. But first I had to find you and know where you were. Verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham. And Abraham built the altar there, as we said. Put the wood on it and bound his son, Isaac. And laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now this, because I had studied this, I was going through this with my own son. I was being challenged, tested, tried, tried by fire for sure. Would I obey God? Did I love him more? Than anything else as I said I did we all sing songs to him I love you and then he says prove it I was in that situation verse number 10 and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay to kill to crucify his only biological son Isaac Verse 11, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, the knife was up, the hand was coming down. He said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Verse 12, and the angel said, lay not your hand upon the lad, the small boy the child, neither you do anything unto him. For now, I know that you fear and love God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I had to do the same thing. The knife was coming down. When you can do that, And even if you don't complete it biologically, you have already killed it in your heart. You've gone the distance and slayed something you love. Verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram was caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name, the nature of that place, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount The high place of worship, the place of the sacrifice of the Lord, it, the provision for his required sacrifice for showing one's love of him through obedience, even unto death, shall be seen, revealed, manifested demonstrated only on that high mountain. Was it really Jerusalem where the temple was? Or was it Mount where Christ Jesus died? The hill of the skull, Golgotha. Probably don't know. Could have been the hill where Christ Jesus died. Was slain. And in that place he is saying. You will see. And it will be demonstrated. The love of God. More than likely. It was the hill of Golgotha. Mm -hmm. The place of the crucifixion. Verse 15. And the angel of the Lord. Called unto Abraham. Out of heaven. The second time. Verse 16. And said to Abraham. By myself. Have I sworn. Says the Lord. For because you have done this thing. Freely. Offered. Your only son. Unto me. To prove your love. Through obedience. To my words. And have not withheld. Your son, your only son, verse 17, that in blessing, I will bless you and in multiplying, I will multiply your seed, your faith, your obedience, your love as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. A lot of people thought it meant the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. The Hebrews is what they were called. Hebrew means wanderers. That's right. Jews mean jewelry that God would decorate himself with. And your seed shall possess the gate, the authority, the place of authority, dominion, judgment, dominion of his spiritual enemies. When Christ Jesus went to the cross, he got back the keys and became the keeper of the keys of hell, death, and the grave. He defeated Satan and death through love and obedience. Through judgment of an innocent one, acceptance by the judge of the universe, the kingdom of heaven, one dominion, Granted judgment over the kingdom of darkness and Satan. That was the story that I was living. Did I kill my biological son? No. I killed him in my soul. I killed him, though. He was dead to me. I obeyed this voice. My command. Would you? I said, yes, Lord. I love the salvation of just one Satanist more than I love the earthly life of my only biological son. Yes, Lord, I love you more than my own life and my only son's. Yes, Lord, I freely choose to sacrifice myself on a cross and my son. To save just one Satanist. Out of the kingdom of darkness. He threw me in. To the most severest. Spiritual captives ever. Yes Lord. Your purposes. Are more important to me. Than my own. Yes Lord. It means more to me. That you have spiritual children than for me to live or have my own biological child. Yes, Lord, I love you that much. Then I had to tell my son that I had chosen the salvation of one Satanist, a witch, over his earthly life. I had to tell my only son And I did, my firstborn son, that I would let him be skinned alive in front of me in a satanic meeting in order that just one that was there, one of those satanists trapped in darkness and flames, just one of those hands that had been reaching up to me at that meeting, would be saved by the agape love of God through his Son, Christ Jesus, and be spiritually born again, and that I would also allow myself to be crucified on a cross in front of him, my Son, in a satanic meeting, to save just one of them, That was hard. I knew my only son of about 12 years of age was saved. Was spiritually born again by the Holy Spirit of God. The Most High. Through believing in his only begotten son, Christ Jesus. And was fully baptized in the Holy Spirit. And would go and be with the Lord the heavenly father upon his earthly death, but to tell your only son born of your own body, your biological son of 12 years of age that you, his mother love the Lord God, the most high, the King of the kingdom of heaven, the father of Christ Jesus more than him and that I cared more about the spiritual salvation of just one Satanist one of you more than his earthly life or mine was very hard to do but I did it and what did my son say to me it's okay mom I can remember I was laying on the floor, crying during this time in a bedroom. Tears flow even now at the great agape love of God the Most High for all of us. I had chosen as Abraham to obey the voice of God, the Heavenly Father, the King of the Kingdom of Heaven. And to give my own, and to give by my own free will a sacrifice, myself and my son to God, so that God could have everything that I had myself and my only son. I had freely chosen to obey God's voice. And to be emotionally unattached to everyone, husband, family members, church members, friends, neighbors, my son, even my granddaughter, and everything in this earthly world, including my own life, in order to obey God's voice with a willing, heart, and mind. I freely chose his purposes of salvation for you, for a lost spiritual being, a forever person, over my and my own son's earthly life. I freely sacrificed myself in my mind, in my soul, in my own desires, loves, and family. So his, the Heavenly Fathers, see him ray up there? His agape love could reach you in the great spiritual darkness, in the flames of the kingdom of darkness, in ignorance, suffering, untold, horrors, terrors, abuse, pain. And who were living in the fires of the fear of death. I freely chose his will to be done on earth as it is done in heaven. I became sort of a sacrificial lamb. So did my son for you. You see, I had to be tested by God the most high. Just as Abraham was with his only son, Isaac, on a mountaintop. The spiritual request was the same as it was for Abraham in the natural. The test to obey was as spiritually, emotionally, mentally the same. And as real as Abraham's was. So many years ago, I had to be spiritually tested and tried in my obedience and love of God, the Most High, and his commands and purposes of himself and the kingdom of heaven. Some people struggle. We see that. Do I serve the people? Do I serve the government? Do I serve a higher power? Or do I serve a political party? Some earthly kings and queens struggle. They want to have a family. But yet they want their family to be a part of the system. But there's only one king. And there's some that struggle with that. Because they haven't yet realized. What's most important to God? One child or a whole nation? Mm-hmm. So, I was tested. The spiritual experience of deciding to bring the knife down on my only son, to slay him, to kill him, was the same as Abraham's. I had to be willing to go all the way in my spirit, my heart, my mind, my thoughts, my soul, my emotions before I could be spiritually anointed and then sent into the deepness of the spiritual territories of Satan's kingdom of darkness. So I could spiritually reach your hands. The least of Christ Jesus' brethren that we heard about in those other scriptures who were not fed. Who were sick and diseased and had not been attended to. You lost spiritual children of the night. The children of the dark fire who had been spiritually crying silently in your spiritual hearts even while you were in deep sleeps, trances for generations after generations. Everything important to me had to die, be sacrificed by my own choice in my spiritual heart, mind, and soul, everything. I was spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically attached to, bonded to, loved, desired, had to be freely sacrificed and spiritually crucified by me, myself, in my own spiritual heart and mind. Nothing spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically could remain more important to me than obedience to the Most High God and His commands, to His voice, His law, His will, His purposes, His agape love. Everything in me Every area of me, my spirit, my soul and physical body, had to love the Most High God, my Heavenly Father, more than anything or anyone. Everything in me had to love as he did. The least of Christ Jesus' spiritual brethren, you the lost spiritual children of the night, living in flames and fire, living away from the light, living away from a copy love. Why? So that nothing, spiritually or mentally, or emotionally, or physically, not anyone, would hinder me from doing the perfect Will the purposes of the heavenly father. If you see me looking down as I'm reading the story on earth in the realm of the spirit. As it is done in heaven. Christ Jesus was my example. Why was this important? In order to bring his agape love and his glory to you. The least of Christ Jesus' spiritual brothers and sisters. Brethren. The spiritual children of the night. The spiritual children of the dark fire. Spiritual children trapped in the kingdom of darkness of ignorance. Everything in me had to be given up. Crucified sacrificed so that there would be nothing for Satan to threaten me with, to kill in my life, to steal from me, to destroy in my life. My spiritual heart, my mind, and my soul had to be tried and tested. And I passed the test. Even to this day. The spiritual salvation of just one of you. Just one of you. The least of Christ Jesus' spiritual brethren. Who are trapped in the prison of Satanism. The occult. The sex industry. Witchcraft. Heavy metal music. Cults. Other religions. Pornography. Vampirism. Abuse, traumatic, post-traumatic stress disorders. You that are away from agape love. Those that are struggling in your soul with your gender identity. Those who are corrupt political leaders. Those who are hurtful to women and children. Trying to still live in the 7th century. Those who are abusive, corrupt murderers. Killers, drug cartels, all that do not live in agape love are more important to me than anyone or anything. Nothing means more to me than to please the Most High God and to do His heart's will and His heart's thoughts and desires and purposes by obeying Him. Thus showing my love for him above everything and everyone. You are more important to me. I became in my mind as Christ. Able to go to the cross. And lay down my life spiritually, emotionally for you. And to freely as Christ Jesus did. To be willing to give even my earthly life for others? And that has been tested. I've been poisoned, attacked, so I have a pacemaker. I've been shot at, almost stabbed in my own home, robbed, stolen from. But he could never touch my earthly life. It was already dead, gone in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And what happened next? I was brought spiritually to the heavenly throne room of God, the most high. You think that's the throne? Uh-uh. Way beyond that. Way up there. Way above the earth. And the realm of the spirit is the kingdom of heaven. And Christ Jesus got off his throne, which is on the right hand of the father himself. And he stepped forward, I bent my knees, and he laid his spiritual hands on me and anointed me and blessed me to spiritually fulfill the spiritual purposes of the Most High God on earth. You must take test and pass to get the anointing. Oh, many people think they have the anointing and the blessing of the Lord. But they don't. It's all flesh, all soul. Might be blessed from Satan, but it's not from the Lord. There is later on this sacrifice came into full, full came into fullness. It was a transition of my identity from Jan to Pastor Deborah, and the story is called It's Time. You'll read about how this in-depth transition, this death into new life came about. That story further helps to spiritually understand this spiritual intimacy. This birthing of a new from the old. From death into life. With the Heavenly Father. So his will. His purposes and his prophetic words by isaiah sixty one sixty two hebrews four twelve of the everlasting covenant of you who were lost, probably a goat, not a sheep, but you who needed help could be reached as it was done in earth, as it was done in heaven, so it would be done. With and through Pastor Deborah. I'm one and there's others. But God desires all of his children to get to this point. So I was anointed by Christ Jesus himself. To fulfill the spiritual purposes of the most high God on earth. Not to be his hands and feet. Not to feed people physically. Physically earthly food, or provide them with a house or money or schooling. That wasn't what I was anointed to do. Others may be, but I wasn't. So I was anointed. Then I began spiritually going in the authority, dominion, and power of the Most High God into the very kingdom. Darkness. You'll read about one of those trips in this story called 72 Virgins. Excellent. About me going into hell itself and preaching. Agape love to those that were there. To reach the precious hands of the spiritual children in the kingdom of darkness. In volume 2 of it. The Kingdom of the God Beloved, you will read many stories of me going to reach you in the Kingdom of darkness, all true powerful, powerful stories. these trips, these battles were not easy, and I had to be a soldier behind enemy lines, stealth and highly trained to rescue. Trapped spiritual children out of the hands of Satan. A powerful soldier I became and still am today. I still spiritually operate in a stealth manner. Special ops. Kidden. Behind enemy lines in the kingdom of Darkness highly trained in battle and spiritual warfare, tactics, words. I'm even given intel of what Satan's doing. Do you know one time God took me to one of Satan's meetings with his high princesses, his high demons. I listened in to their plans for the earth or your planet. God knows all that he's doing and he will help you. So you can pray against them, bind them up, forbid those actions to happen. I had to be spiritually victorious for the Lord against Satan and his kingdom of darkness. And now I knew how to help you the Lord's way. I knew where you were. You were in the kingdom of darkness. I knew you were real. I knew the spiritual place of intimacy now and oneness with the heavenly father was the only way I could help you. I had come into a spiritual partnership with the most high God. I, me, that I knew what was trying to help you had died. And I was birthed again as Pastor Deborah. One with the Lord. I had come into such spiritual closeness, just as Christ Jesus had and still does today. Now I could help you in ways I never knew about or even believed in or heard about or studied. But now I did, and I could help you and reach the hands. In the darkness, you be encouraged. There's, I'm not the only one that this has happened to. Many just don't write their stories out. Many take the test but fail them. They can't give up their church. I just had a pastor, one I know. He came to me last night in the garden. A lion brought him. And I said, how can I help you? He said, I don't know. I said, what's wrong? He said, something's wrong with me. This was the spirit. I said, what is it? He said, I don't know. Now, God knew. And then God, well, I, I was in a three-way conversation. God was talking to me. So I was talking to him. And God told me his spirit had never been revived. He had never come to the Brownsville Revival years ago. He was weak. He was really a soulish, earthly, religious pastor. His spirit needed awakening. His spirit needed revival. And God told me to pray for him. So I did. In the spirit I just raise my hand and say, Father, touch him, as you touched me with your glory and power in the Brownsville Revival. Touch him, Lord. And he goes, I was a pastor. Been pastoring, I don't know, 30, 40 years. But he's got some issues within his family, his church. I know who he is. His name was Pastor John, but I told him there was a lot of Pastor John. But I know who he was. How did he know about me? I don't know. Was he sleeping? Probably. It was his spirit that was asking for help. God knew what he needed, so I prayed for him. While we're in the garden, I was still working, going into the darkness, helping the spiritual part of us, the forever person. I'm not one of those to send money to people support orphanages, send Bibles. They're not even free anymore. It's on YouTube. You can get the whole Bible, audiobook, movies. But I'm a spiritual person. I had to go into the realm of the witchcraft, psychics, ancestors, forces, and other religions that don't believe in Christ Jesus. I had to go into some dark places where there were dark and evil people and demons all over the place. I didn't even know what a demon was or a devil. I had never, that was not taught in mental health counseling. But I had now passed a powerful test. And I had sacrificed myself and my son and everything to help you. God did it and he asked me, I said, he said, I sacrificed my son for all of humanity. Can you do the same? And he gave me the scriptures of Abraham and Isaac. And I said, yes, Lord. I want to help people your way. So now I was anointed. I was beginning to understand the kingdom of darkness, who you were. I had passed a powerful test, given up everything emotionally, mentally, in the soul to help you mm-hmm. i struggled though for years going back and forth in the realm of the earth for a long time mhm but i made it and here we are today would you like to be touched and come out of the flames let me reach your hand pull you up to the light Up to the gates with the cross and the love of God. Come up. Come up. Take my hand. Don't you let go. Remember Frodo hanging over the edge of Mount Mordor. And Sam saying, don't you let go. You have to reach. I got you. And come into the light. Be born again. Come out of the kingdom of darkness. Believe that someone loves you. We're up here. Come. And if I'm in hell right now with you, come to the light. Believe that there is a love stronger than darkness and Satan. Believe in Christ Jesus. Believe that he died for you. He sacrificed for you in obedience to his father. Come, little one, come into the light. Come through a copy love. Come and be a part of the family of God. No longer the least of Christ Jesus' brothers and sisters. Come, come home. Come into the kingdom of heaven. Come back to us. Reach, grab my hand. You will be forgiven. All that you have done, it's evil and wicked. It's over, forgotten. You will be birthed anew to walk through the gates and into the light. You too will be a creature of the light now. You will look like this. With love in you. Love surrounding you. Love nurturing you. Come. We are here in the darkness. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, do your work. Reach. Reach, Father, into the darkness for them. Fulfill your purposes of Isaiah 61 and 62. Reach down, Father. Even down into hell right now. Come, little ones, come. The way is there. Yes, you deserve it. Yes. And as you reach up and you grab my hand, you'll be changed. Yes, come. Come up. Come up to the light in the name of Christ Jesus. And that was my story of how I began learning about you, finding you, locating you through a vision, through a test, trial, through death, through resurrection. And I'll see you again in the next story, in the kingdom of Agape Love, volume one, here in the school of light. They get better and more powerful. Mm -hmm. They're almost unbelievable, but they all happened, and they're all true. So I'll see you in the next story. Bye.